Popper to the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper to the People. I'm Nate. With me is Peter. Hello. Chris. Hello. And Dan. Hey, Barnly <laughs> Kortskurkar. Okay. I, I wish no... I had any idea what you just said. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody's week, man? Pretty good. Pretty so good. what do you do this week, Chris? Play some Popper Premier events. Which and I uh, did top eights on t- did top eights on both of the ones that fired. Um, the Saturday morning one did not fire. It got to thirty people and sat there. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was probably because it was the same time as the mocks, and it was also yeah. a pre-release weekend. So a lot of people were going to the pre-release instead of mm-hmm. spending six hours in a popper premiere event. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, if you guys listen to my other podcast, there's a guy named uh, CJ Lack, who was a guest on it, and he talked with us about elves for a little while, and he actually won the mocks this time around. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. Good work. Yeah, he uh, he won the cube sealed. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was a lot of laughter about that, but yeah, congratulations to CJ Lack for winning, and wish you the best at the Pro Tour if you're going to go to that. Yep. Uh, what do you do this week, uh, Peter? This week? A lot of work, did some stuff, and watched the game that wasn't a Super Bowl on Sunday. Watched the game that wasn't a Super Bowl. That was yeah. not a Super Bowl. No, that was in slaughter. Although I'm happy, uh, I'm happy with the outcome because I, that is like in our area, like I, my group of friends, they're like all like, yeah, well the Seahawks don't stand a chance, blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh, I hope they win, just so you know, it alls are wrong. <laughs> And they were, and the cool thing about it is we have our first legally deaf Super Bowl champion in the Seahawks. So that's kind of cool. Uh, um, that one player, I can't remember his name, but he's legally deaf. How you, was it the guy on the defensive line or whatever? Yeah, he's legally deaf, and he's placed for the Seahawks. So we got our first legally deaf Super Bowl champion. <laughs> that so that's kind of cool. Um. Uh, other than that, uh, what do you do, Dan? Yeah, I've been uh, keeping up, uh, doing about uh, three videos a day for the YouTube channel, like I've been doing for uh, <laughs> a year. Cool. Uh, I have slipped into playing M14. I made a commitment when M14 was released that we would do 100 videos about it. Yeah. And uh, now nobody else is doing it, so I have to do it myself. I think we're at <laughs> 72 or something. And I'm having a blast. It's so much fun. That's cool. <laughs> I'm playing M14 right. sealed, and it's you crack just play any, blue when you win. Let's say you crack any mute vaults in my way. <laughs> all, all right. Uh, I'm also uh, working on another YouTube channel, which is not magic related. So I'm gonna hopefully produce the first content of that. It's uh, about ancient history. Nice. I'm interested in that. Uh, so uh, I'm doing a, a series on uh, 1000 BC and sort of the world situation, then high uh, civilizations and what, what's going on in different parts of the world. 
Nice. One thousand BC. I have to check that out because I'm I like history, historical stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to change the name of the channel. I haven't figured out how yet, but it will be called Fan of History yeah. to illustrate the point that I'm not. Uh, I don't have any kind of degree in history. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been. I have. I've actually finalized my Delver list. I know what I'm gonna use, and I've been testing with that online in my spare time. Uh, or oh, for that next tournament we're doing. Uh, no, for, yeah, for the for the the mo- for the mox tournament that they're doing in Wilmer. Uh, yeah. I've been practicing. Yeah, I, got, I finalized a Delver list, and I've been practicing with it and stuff as much as I can because it. Well, as much as I can, because I got to play Dazes online, or I got to play four spikes online, because I don't have Dazes and I can't afford them. So, but it's working out pretty good. Uh, I took two EDH decks apart and reformed, reformed two other all the other EDH decks I had to make make them work better. So, hey, turn my in. If you need the Dazes online, just hit me up. I'm not I'm not usually playing Popper anymore, except on the weekends. Yeah. For the premier events. Okay. So if you want to borrow the dazes during the week, you can. Yeah. That's I think cool. I can probably loan them to you during the week. Okay. That'd be cool. Oh, uh, what else? Oh yeah, I turned my. Although when it comes to EDH, though, I turned my Intet deck into an Omen Machine deck, and it's really, really fun now. Everybody else is gonna hate it, but it's fun. <laughs> um, what else have I been doing? Oh yeah, I got into. Uh, I got heavily into Arrow. I'm finally caught up. I'm happy. Good. Took it <laughs> long enough. Yeah. And then I found this other Netflix show called Titanic Blood and Steel. It's it was just about the building of the Titanic. It was pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've really been up to. That and trying to stay warm because it's freaking cold in our state right now. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's only been like, what, negative 10 at worst this week? Still. It's cold enough where I'm staying in the house. F that. Baby. <laughs> so. But other than that, I haven't been up. That's all I've been really up to. Uh, I didn't go to the pre-release because I think that this set is a complete joke. And there's like seven cards out of the set I'm actually interested in. The rest I could care less about. And I got one of them already for trading. So. Other than that, taxes are in. My way of submitted our taxes, so I get to start my business this year. Can't wait. I'm going to start buying and selling magic cards. There's good money in it. <laughs> in paper. You want to so. buy, buy my Mind Seize deck? It's still sealed. I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. I don't know. But, uh, so. You can sell for 55 on eBay right now. <laughs> no. saying. But, yeah, so I got that going on. Getting that stuff figured out and ready and planned, but for when a tax return comes back. Um, but yeah, that's all I really been up to. But uh, and what do we got here for news? Wizards made a mistake at the pre-release in Taiwan, I believe it is. Or no, Philippines. Uh, a pack of born and a pack of born of the gods, uh, born of the gods pack in Philippines. Somebody opened up. Uh, and got a foil rare called Magister of Worth that is not even in the Born of the Gods set. It reads as this, uh, Magister of Worth, Creature Angel, 4-4 Flying. Will of the Council, when Magister of Worth enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for grace or condemnation. 
If Grace gets, Grace gets more votes, each player returns each creature card from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. If Condemnation gets more votes, or the vote is tied to surround creatures other than a Magister of Worth. They're saying that this set, this is going to be part of a set called Mad... It's supposed to be part of a, a multiplayer set. You know how during the summer Wizards does their... They launch their whatever multiplayer thing they're doing that year? Um, they're releasing this... I'm guessing this is probably going to be some sort of... Uh, some sort of uh, special... Special set of magic just for multiplayer use. It's a pretty sweet card for standard, isn't it? Six yeah. mana, four for flyer, wrath of god, on everything else. Yeah, but I, but I think with the whole will of council thing, it really takes it away from that. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's if, if it ties or yeah, if you are two players. You say destroy. The vote it will destroys. be tied and everything yeah. will be destroyed. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's, so, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's just it was accidentally put in a pack, and it's they they knew it, they realized this as an oops because it's it's and it's not this card's not fake. It's a legitimate card. There's a cipher over the deck master. It, it has all the new stuff that Wizards is doing to the cards. They're putting serial numbers over the deck master name to make them lit or something like that. And that's no, your phone number. number. It's a phone <laughs> number? Yeah. That's weird. Um, but there is no rare ship. It's gold. Like, you know, 15. No, no. That's... Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. But it's it's just, it was an oops. It wasn't supposed to be there. thought it was funny. Is there a multiplayer product every year? Huh? Is there a multiplayer product every year? Yeah. With Commander. Which one? With Commander for the past two years, right? No, Commander was in 2011. Plain Chase. They didn't play Chase. Plain What did they do in 2012? Plain Chase is older than that. Plain Chase. And... That was the more recent Plain Chase yeah, one. Yeah. Plain think... Chase was an older one and they brought it back for a year. Yeah, I think the multiplayer thing is something new Wizards is doing. They're realizing that there is a multiplayer market now, so now they're trying to develop that. I'm hoping that Wizards wises up and just reprints the Vanguard. I would love to see some Vanguard because I, <laughs> I don't have is. them. It was a back when what set was it that came out? A Mirage. They did come up with a multiplayer format back when Mirage came out, and it, it, you had a card of uh, like say what a really good example. One of the examples is uh, Chirad, uh, uh Karn. Karn. It's a it's a card you start out with. You play your game as normal in a multiplayer game of Magic. And yeah, everyone has a Vanguard card, and whatever Vanguard card they have. Think of it like have. a general. Yeah, it's like a general, but it's not. It's it sits out of the game. Uh, generally, Vanguards do. They ha- no, <laughs> no. Vanguards are Van- Vanguard operates in the sense that it augments three things. It augments your starting health, your hand size, and then it has an activated ability usually. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Get... Wait, they have that on Moto, I think. And th- those are like you never actually. The avatars. Yeah, yeah, the yep. avatars on Moto. Yeah. But there's, yep, an actual, there's an actual game for it that was originally invented in paper. Other than just Momir Big, or oh, Momir Basic. Yeah. yeah, it never took off. It never ever took off. And and when Mirage was out, but now with the multiplayer base, I'm hoping that they revisit it and bring them back because I want them. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was uh, th- that thing I found. 
And the other big news is Wizards is trying to get rid of Jund or make Jund not so stupid. They have now banned Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. First they got rid of Bloodbraid Elf, and now and when Bloodbraid Elf went away, they just threw Deathrite Shaman in, and now they're trying to get rid of Deathrite Shaman. So I find that also, funny. They also unbanned two guards too with that. Yes, and they also did some unbannings. They they brought back uh, Wild Nacatl and, and Bitter, Blossom. Bitter Blossom. So now fairies can come back, and so can Nyab Zoo. And, which... and for some reason, on the 14th of January, people started buying Bitter Blossom like crazy. So it was eight <laughs> tickets on the 14th of January. I think there's a major leak for this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... There's, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theories going on yeah. on Twitter and well, stuff. Yeah, I guess in my view, I think Wizards needed to do something because Jund is just overpowering. Everywhere. It's everywhere and overpowering. They needed to do something to stop that deck. It's... Okay, so Jund will either uh, sort seeds, Bitter Blossom on turn one, or Abrupt Decay on turn two. Next. Yeah, yeah I mean, I they're going to... This doesn't really do much to Jund. It just takes away, like, a tool, right? Yeah, it takes away one of their tools. Yeah, that's all. You're taking away another tool of John trying to, but I think the the purpose of Deathrite Shaman, the banning Deathrite Shaman, is they actually wanted to, like they just wanted it just the the Shaman just did too much for then it asked too little of John players. Yeah, yeah, because the, yeah. there isn't one card that makes or breaks John because John whenever it's built properly, it's yeah. just a giant tool set. Yeah, it's just a collection of really good cards. Yeah, right? that's that's all it does. But yeah. they're yeah, so. The official announcement on it says that uh, you know, Deathrite Shaman is powerful at all stages in the game. Having a strong attrition-based deck is a large portion of the metagame. It's difficult for decks that are based on synergies uh, between cards instead of individually powerful cards. We believe that removing Deathrite Shaman from the format will leave more room for future innovation. Yeah, they're just trying to b- let more decks enter the pool, so... Almost any green or black deck played for Deathrite Shaman, so... Yeah. Basically. Well, it's so surprising. Such a good guard. Yeah. So. so the, thing, the biggest, the biggest problem actually with Deathrite Shaman was that normally mana acceleration comes at the cost of playing cards that are less powerful in the late game, and Shaman was just too good at all stages in the game. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny because I've never actually, played good, modern. So. A good yeah. replacement for Deathrite Shaman would be Bitter Blossom <laughs> in Jund. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to splash white to uh, get Lingering Souls anymore. <laughs> yeah, just and it's actually played in Jund in Legacy. Yeah, some of the time. It's at twelve dollars right now in Star City and Paper. Was that Bitter Blossom? That's... No, Deathrite Shaman. Okay. Oh, okay. The Bitter yeah, Blossom should be that, more expensive. Uh, no, Deathrite Shaman's gonna tank. You know. Yeah. Which I have a friend, and I got a fr- I got a friend, uh, one of my ex ex coordinators that I, I, that used to work under me. He uh, he has a collection of Deathrite shamans. Like he has over a hundred Deathrite shamans. It's like one of his favorite cards. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and he's holding oh. on. He was holding on to them because he figured they're gonna spike. Yeah, not so much. Uh, Sucks for him. You <laughs> think they wrong. will? Uh, they will not tank as hard online because uh, they yeah. will be needed uh, this summer when Vintage Masters is released. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is so. is Deathrite Shaman a thing in Classic too, or in Vintage? It's definitely a thing in Legacy. And, yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's I definitely in Legacy. In. I, don't, I don't know about Vintage. Yeah, I think that's one pre-release I'm going to do on online. I want to try. I want to play some Vintage. 
Vintage Master sounds like fun. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? Except that the, the Power 9 is so rare that you will not see them in a draft. They are super mythic. Says you, rare. I'm going to play like 30 of them. <laughs> oh, you, you Simultaneously. Won't see, uh, you won't see a Power 9 card <laughs> oh, in 30 drafts. Uh, I, if it's anything like, like Modern Masters was, you're going to end up with money cards anyway. So... Yes. No, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to play at least a few, right? Just play, yeah. play the lotto. Yeah, play a lotto. Hope to get one. Cause you figure you pull a you pull a black lotus and like your 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 MTGO is probably paid for for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere where they will be. Uh, how popular the vintage master format will be? I could see the power nine cards spiking crazy and then just die. Yeah, uh, or lose a lot of value if vintage doesn't take off. Yeah, it's a new but... format online though. So yeah. So. But yeah, that's all the news I found. Um, for good reads, just Chris's article on Stompy. Yeah, I got an article on Stompy, and I did Ghoul Razor yesterday too. Nice. Ghoul Razor. How's that for you? Uh, it sucked. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's it's Ghoul Razor's casual. I I I just have to realize this now. It's like every time you play Ghoul Razor, you have to realize you're just playing a casual card. It's fun, yeah. but it's not really effective. It's one of those cards that are cute. And that's about it. <laughs> it worked then, out okay. I managed, I managed to pull yeah. out two wins. Yeah. And then we got... Who, who submitted the Brazil article? I did. Uh, I want to shout out uh, all the uh, real-life corporate communities out there in the world. And one... Uh, there are several in Brazil. Uh, so we have uh, run some uh, Portuguese videos on Magic Gathering's threat uh, for Popper. And uh, we're also running <laughs> English articles about the uh, <laughs> life offer in Brazil on MTGO Strat. Nice. Uh, we're also going to have uh, something about the uh, Canadian popper community coming up soon. God, I wish and we are very interested to hear more about uh, real life popper, paper popper. Oh, that's uh, fun. All over the world. Yeah, well, it's just, it's really hard to take off in America. You're not going to hear. We're, I think we're going to be behind in that uh, aspect, just like we are in other stuff. Well, you're you're ahead of uh, us here. It's very hard. I have to go to Poland to find a paper tournament. <laughs> so, but yeah. So there's yeah. Popper in real life. That's fun. Are, are they allowing like the commons in paper then? Uh, yeah, I think they they did a vote on what to allow, and uh, Hemtotorik is in. <laughs> That's also, they are doing their own Jeff, kind of ban list. Jeff's thing. Mark, yeah, Mark was out. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at this list that he highlights, the zombies list, and it's a black list, but it doesn't run Hemtotorik, <laughs> even though they allowed it. It's like what? That, that's really weird. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I would be running for if 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 I was playing in a league like this, I, I'd be running for him to Torox because they just you can hem win. I don't know. I don't know. I've done it. <laughs> you can hem win. It's fun. Yeah, him is pretty good. <laughs> turn yeah, turn two hems basically. Do I just win the game off of luck? I do. Cool. Next <laughs> one. No, I back when the dugout was still open, we did a tournament once when we we allowed the the paper commons and I was playing can't remember who it was. It was it was one of the competitive players that tends to get rage a little bit. I I went turn two hem, turn three hem, turn four hem, turn five hem. He was not happy. Also known as mind twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he wasn't happy. He uh, he he uh, dropped out of the tournament after that. <laughs> he just didn't want to stay in it after that. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to play. You don't want. To, you do not want to allow him in real life. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of decks that can beat that, but not not really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a stupid nut draw for me on that one. But yeah, Hem's Hem can change the game pretty fast. But so cool, cool. then, what else do we have here for articles? Brennan showing you uh, with the risk of repeating myself. Uh, with the risk of repeating myself, uh, if you Google for standard popper, uh, you'll find that mtgostrat.com is the number one hit nice. above wizards, above pure, and uh, above PDC magic. And a big reason for that is Brennan and the uh, Standard Pop Show is running every week. Uh, we are now three weeks from the Pop Gauntlet in, for Standard Popper. So, uh, yeah, everyone interested in Standard Pop should check out uh, Brennan's show on YouTube, the Standard Pop Show. Pretty Sounds sweet. Sounds nice. I even tried to get back into the format myself now because it's so close. So I played uh, Bant Pants Hexproof against <laughs> the Mirror. <Yeah. laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Two decks playing Solitaire. That sounds like fun. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. No comment. God, nope. You really don't like that deck, huh? Nope. Can't <laughs> say that I do. And then uh, what do we got here? And that's that's pretty much all the articles, the good reads I found, or everyone found. I shouldn't say I found all of them, but all of them, everyone found their articles. The metagame. What do we have in the metagame? We have Chris in the metagame. Yes, Chris in the metagame. I, I found this premiere event on the 27th. Yeah, so um, talked about that last week, didn't we? Did we? No, that was no, no. Twenty seventh was released yeah. after. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping that we didn't. I, I was kind of worried that we did kind of talk about it. I wasn't sure. No, we had um, some old guy one with a blue red control this is a theme, by the way, blue red control, yeah. and we had goblins make a make a showing at second place, and I don't recognize this guy this name. So, hey, congratulations, new goblins player. <laughs> for uh, awesome. you know, winning this, and you had mono blue control in third, and mono black control with a focus on uh, corrupt and great merchant in fourth. Um, rounding out the top eight, we have uh, Delver Affinity. Delver. Delver by Dane twenty three. Shout out to him. Yeah, Dane twenty three. Normally he's playing mono blue control. I don't know why he switched over to Delver, but whatever, that works. So Try was the top eight new. in that event. Uh, and then your events. Yeah, this weekend only two popper premiere events fired. Uh, the one on Friday I just happened to be home for. I just had, had the day off. So I played in it and uh, I ended up going, making the top eight on it. I went 4 2 and I think. It, no, I went 5 I went, uh, five zero in the Swiss and then I conceded in round six to give my round six opponent just free entry into the top eight. Um, you know, because I was already locked in for top eight, so it was fine. Um, See, so yeah, I went to the top eight, and I promptly lost to a guy that I beat in the Swiss. Once again, some <laughs> old guy was the guy's name. 
he was playing teachings and I beat him pretty handily in the in the Swiss and he beat me pretty handily in the top eight, so <laughs> he beat me when it so, mattered. <laughs> so why did some old guy won the last premier event last weekend playing yep. Iset and then he switched to teachings? Yeah, I think Who does he, that? Well, well he's he's been a teachings player for a long time, right? Ever since the banning he's been playing yeah. teachings. Yes. So I think I played against him like uh, early two thousand twelve when he was big blue back. Yep. I think he was just I don't know, he was giving a giving a, a whirl and you know, was happy to get in first. I don't I don't think I switched decks after I get go get in first in an event, personally, but No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know. But eh, well, it worked out for him. He made uh he made the top two and lost to Mono Blue Control by Thiago AM. Uh he's playing Thiago's playing the uh what is it called? The uh the guy the Mono Blue Control that you're favored of, Dan. What is it? I can't uh, remember. <laughs> God, I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, Didi, Didi fan. Didi fan. Didi fan, yes. Yep. He's playing Think Twice instead of Accumulated Knowledge, which I don't like. I like Accumulated Knowledge more than Think Twice, personally. Yeah, uh, I like Accumulated I Knowledge is a better plan. I heard, No, I heard New Plan do a pretty deep analysis of that in an old Pauper's Cage episode, and pretty much Think Twice is better against Aggro and Accumulated Knowledge is better against Control. Uh, because you, you get to draw your cards... Uh, more cards earlier with Think Twice, as the first accumulated knowledge is very weak. Yeah. So in a fast game, you be you're better off with Think Twice, and in a in a long game, you're better off with accumulated knowledge. Well, but the difference is much smaller than most people think. Yeah, I, you know, I found like just the mana efficiency of accumulated knowledge is what drew me to it. Yeah. That's why I'm a big fan of the accumulated knowledge. You don't have to worry about the extra mana because it's just always two mana. Yep. You really need to accumulate knowledge before. Uh, obviously, the first think twice is a lot better than the first accumulate knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, hey. Yeah, it's up for debate. So, in the second place, obviously, I just talked about it was teachings. Some old guy. He's pretty much like the teachings guy. He's pretty, the only person who played teachings and sort of stuck with it. Uh, then, we, we have, then we have uh, Johan80, who's playing uh, Blue Red Control. He got third place, and then in. And shout out to Johan, he's a Swedish player. He's played Affinity a long time, but now he's Yeah, now he went over to this. Uh, then we have, um, this is Paul Rietzel, I believe. Little Darwin, placed in fourth with Affinity. Uh, correct Perilous me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I'm pretty sure it's um, Paul Rietzel right there, is Little Darwin, so shout out to him. It's Perilous Affinity, yeah. Yep. Um... Then rounding out the top eight, we have Tron, myself with Delver, uh, another X-Memex with Delver, and Deluxe Cough with White Weenie. He really likes White Weenie. It's it's his deck. <laughs> I think he, he thinks it is the right metagame call and, uh, against uh, Delver-rich field. Well, like Peter says, it plays the best math ever. Just throw more dudes at the problem. <laughs> No, I was going to say, the answer to every math problem for White Weenie is always play more creatures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it helps if they all have flying, like in this deck. <laughs> Do they have more creatures than me? Play more creatures. Do I, they have less creatures than me? Play more creatures. <laughs> Do they have a counter spell? Play more creatures to fish out counter spells than play more creatures. <laughs> Do they have any yeah. re removal? Play more creatures so they don't have enough removal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real simple math problem. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I encountered him again in the in, the, in this one. I can't remember whether whether it was this one or whether it was it was just us practicing. And uh, it turns out his deck folds really hard to serrated arrows, and I boarded in three serrated arrows against him. So, <laughs> I, I 
I guess the only problem I have with the Luxikoff's list is two secluded steps. Like it, when I run mine, I only go to seven. I only go to like I go with three secluded steps, and I only run seventeen land because I, I four before. Yeah. So it's gone down to two. I want to because I like I like having that little bit extra draw and having a little bit less mana because the deck's so low costed anyway that seventeen land doesn't actually hurt the deck. Well, what's peculiar about Deluxe's list in particular here is um, he doesn't run Guarding the Guild Pact or Raising no. Realm or Lo- so or Lo- well. Kathar. Yeah, I was like these are normally white weenie staples, but Deluxe is very much aiming at beating Delver with this. Just list. evasion, yeah, yep. evasion and beating Delver. Yeah, uh, flying to book flyers. Yep, and you know, go over the top of Infinity, right? Yeah. This other big thing is he wants to go over to the top, go over the top of Infinity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. There's that top eight. Interesting and how many players uh, were in both top eights. Yeah. Uh, oh, apparently I clicked on the link twice. What am, what am I doing now? I lost the other one. Hold on, let me find the other one. Where is this? The... Just covered, I just covered Diago Ams, right? And Johan, Johan's in first place on this list. Okay. So the next one, uh, the next one is uh, the one that's uh, it's another one that I played, and it was in first place. We have Johan eighty. He won with the blue red control deck, and I tell you guys, this blue red control deck, you can't beat it as a Delver player. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the Delver hate deck. If you want, if you want to beat Delver, if you're tired of losing Delver, just play this deck. Because you've got too many answers, you've got too many things that Delver has to counter, and too much removal. And uh, the deck plays out like a mono blue control deck, which normally actually has a pretty good matchup against Delver. Except this deck has main boarded removal, whereas mono blue control has to sideboard into serrated arrows and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this deck is really it's really very hard for Delver to beat. I can imagine. It looks like you're they're trying to fish out as many of your counter spells as possible. Yep. Uh, say well, you're fishing out counter spells, and then you got that you know the instant speed removal, the the bolts, and you got fire bolts, which are two for ones. Yeah. Uh, compulsive research. That looks like a nightmare for yeah, Delver. Yeah, it's like I I don't know how to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> First, you get all your creatures bolted, and they mul- then Maldrift appears yeah. to seal the deal. You think Curse of the Bloody Tome could actually slow this deck down? Because no, I mean, no, because it's got the Delver's secrets. You can't. Yeah, you, know, you have to. They, they're going to put you on a clock with Delver. Yeah, they're not like as a post where they're only running Muldrifter. Yeah, yeah the I Delver, suppose. The Delver is actually a reasonable clock. Yeah. So. But what is that thing in second place? Uh, this is interesting. I'm kind of surprised that this made what it this the far. Hell? I think this guy's been playing this deck for a while, but it's just Domain, right? It's uh, Nicole, the it's Zoo. It's Zoo. Wow, I like Zoo. Yeah. Someone actually made a Zoo deck. <laughs> I remember playing against this deck. Like, I'm gonna uh, have to try it out. Yep. This will not work, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it, it works, right? What? So it's like domain and zoo combined. Um, it's domain, but it hates black, so it's not playing five colors. Yeah, he's not playing the swamp, which that has to be a mistake, right? Just cut involving wilds for a swamp. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, well, you need it for the Matka rioters at least. For the rioters and or the, the tribal flames. My only Maybe you thing... don't need to do five damage in Pauper. No, you, you can get away with four. Number, really. 
My <laughs> only thing with this deck, I, I realized the whole domain theme, but why would you play Tribal Flames? I, I understand the domain thing, I really do. But why would you play Tribal Flames when Incinerate's actually a card? Because he can do four damage, because if you look, Tribal he's flames. got four <laughs> land types. Yeah, it will do four damage. Oh, okay. Therefore, yep. uh, why would you play War on Arlid? With eight and oh, it has ten enchantments. Yes, he has quite a few enchantments with Or and Arlid, and the Arlid becomes unblockable really fast. So this is a really interesting deck. We're just going to stop. We're gonna, let's actually go over the deck list here. Since this is one that's probably most people haven't seen, I've seen it a little bit if you, if you pay attention to the uh, eight man results. But uh, so we've got for land base, we've got four evolving wilds, four terramorphic expanses, and you have nine forest, one island, one mountain, one plains. For creature base, you've got two aura narlids, four core sky fishers, two matka rioters, two kasali pr pride mages, yeah, pride mages, four squadron hawks, and four wild coddles. Um Which, by the way, just got unbanned from modern. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, four abundant, abundant Growth, two Brainstorm, two Lightning Bolt, four Nylias Presence, two Rancor, two Stagger Shock, four Tribal Flames, and two Unearth. Um, oh yeah, by the way, Nylias Presence works really well with the Matka Rioters, Dan. <laughs> and the Tribal Flames. Because Nylias well, Presence make your land every basic land type. Oh, yeah. And there's one of Peter's favorite cards, Kazali Pride Mage. Yep. So one Nylias Presence one gives you presence domain. Yep, gives you domain. Uh, wow. So, yep, yeah. and then he's got the Skyfisher. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. To bounce the stuff and redraw the cards. And he's got Brainstorm to combo with Evolving Wilds and Expanse and... Okay, I got that to try this. Really back. Chris, you should do an article on this. I think I'm going to. You I should. I found out. I think I found the next uh, next week's article. Uh, also, I want to play this deck. Yep. <laughs> and the sideboard's got just a bunch of stuff. I, I I can't really like judge how good the sideboard is because it's a bunch of one ofs and like just generic hate for whatever he everything like, come up against. <laughs> so, did we mention his name? Nathan P zero one. Is the guy's name? Shout out to him. Yep. Yeah. Deck's pretty sweet. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put this together. Me too. And try it out. <laughs> wow. I, I love the just how it just it's like almost like a toolbox. Yep. So then in third place we have uh, Thiago Am once again with Mono Blue Control, the DD fan control, and then I placed in fourth with uh, my version of Delver. Um, running out of the top eight, we have Affinity, Stompy. I beat I actually beat Jay Siri and Stompy. I was pretty happy. He was, he what was a horrible Stompy. pairing you got in the semifinals. <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the Johan yeah. again in the semifinals. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but in the um, quarterfinals, so I I came up against Jay Siri, and when I when I, the match popped up, I was like, ah, oh, god dang it, I'm gonna play against like Stompy. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Uh, but I actually ended up beating him. It was, I think he punted, uh, a little, it was like a, it was a minor punt, but it was enough that it cost him a game because he wasn't paying enough attention to, uh, I think what happened was, um, he had a wild mongrel on the table, two rancors. He was threatening lethal with it. I had acerated arrows with one counter on the board and, uh, I played another serrated arrows to try and kill off the wild mongrel, but, uh, he had one card in hand, and I was pretty sure it was a Vines of Vastwood. So I had a Coral Net in my hand. 
so I cast the Coral Net on his Wild Mongrel, and he discards the card to change the color of the Wild Mongrel, to which I responded with a Serrated Arrows um, twice to kill off the Wild Mongrel, which was still fine. He could replay his Rancors, but I had a Daze in the hand, so it he couldn't play around. I think he couldn't play around the Daze the proper way. I think if he had just let the Coral Net hit the Wild Mongrel and then uh, pop the lands during his upkeep so he didn't have to discard a card or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but I know he said he punted. I kind of believe him, but he said it also didn't matter if I had the days, and I did have the days. So now that I've rambled on worse and worse about that. Um, <laughs> then we have a seventh place, another blue-red control deck, and once again, Dane23 playing Delver. And that rounds out the top eight there. Cool. So lots of Delver and lots of this blue-red control deck. And a really sweet Naya deck. <laughs> yeah, the Domain and Affinity. But Stompy did make a showing, and that's worth noting here, too. And uh, one, of, one of the things I wanted to highlight with my Pure article last week was that, hey, guys, Stompy is still a thing. And, um, oh, yeah. You know, and it has a good Delver matchup. It has a very good Delver matchup, you know, especially if you know how to play the game right. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, if you can, you can squeeze through Affinity and various other hates, or various other decks out there. It, it's got a very good Tron matchup, I think, as long as they don't have the turn turn three Tron with uh, you know, with uh, Fang of Marauder out. Then it's got a good Affinity, uh, good Tron matchup, and the Affinity matchup's not bad. It's pretty, it's not great, but it's not bad. Uh -huh. And you can beat Mono Black Control because I showed, as I showed in the article. Uh -huh. Because you know, right. if you killed one turn four. There's not much they can do. <laughs> yeah, they need that five mana to to, to be to get the gray gray merchant off. If you're hitting them by turn four, what are they going to do? They're just gonna, yeah. Yep. Uh, Chris, if you look at the Goldfish metagame report, how do they count that? Do they count all the eight months that are reported as well? I think so. So well, then it's uh, like really bad <laughs> for stats. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, Mono Black Control hasn't really placed in the top eight. I mean, it got, like, no. once. But it doesn't really place in the top eights at these events, because if Mono Black Control hits up Tron, then they're going to lose. Yeah. Uh, what about Stompy in the, the premiere events? Is, is anybody else playing it? No, I think, well, I mean, a few people are. I think there was one other placing maybe last week about with uh, Stompy, but eh, it's not really happening a whole lot. Because I could see why Stompy would uh, fare badly in the eight months, but it should do well in the premieres, right? I don't know. Because um, in the eight months you will run into super random stuff. Yeah. I, I guess I, I used to like, look... The thing is, like, Stompy is like a 50-50 matchup, right? It just, uh, it's, yeah. It, it, you're you know, going to get like there, if you're, you're gonna, not. If, you hit the, if you're playing against your, the Tron player and he has the turn three Tron Fangered Marauder, you lose. Um... If you play against Burn, and I have seen people play Burn in premier events, uh, you have a 50-50 shot of losing the Burn matchup. Yeah. Uh, you know, heck, if you encounter Hexproof in premier events, which people are playing the heck out of Hexproof in premier events, yeah. you're going to lose. So, uh, it's so like, it's got all these, these matchups that, like, they seem okay, and maybe some of them are 50-50, but you're not, like, you're not getting any free wins off of Stompy. Yeah. I, I guess I used to look at Stompy as like a beginner deck, something that, hey, this, dude, this is really easy, just drop and swing. Yeah. It 
it's not the more I look at the deck and the more experience I've I've because every once in a while when I'm when I get sick of playing Delver I'll jump over and play some Stompy. The more I play Stompy against some of the decks in the meta game now, it's like it's like dude, you really gotta play the right spells to make sure your creatures survive. Otherwise, you're just kill it. Every creature you, you try to pump up dies. Yeah, you spent two years <laughs> being a top top three deck. Yeah, now it's like forgotten. Yeah, um, you're not gonna. I mean, Stompy is not a, a beginner deck at all. Like, if you want to no. play, I mean. You can play it. You can play it like a burn deck, but it's not a burn deck. It's, yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very tempo heavy deck that sometimes yeah. can go burn. Yeah, you got to know when to play VOV at the right time. You need to know when to play those at the right time. To just not. Yep. You got to play your. You got to play your vines right. You have to play. You have to know when to pump, just for burn sakes, and you have to like. Uh, Man, I forget what the article I was reading. It was an article I was reading a while back, but it was like, look, aggro is not... Do, it, it, you, most people think control is the hard deck to play, but you're you're not giving enough credit to good aggro players, right? There's a lot of pe- there's a reason why a lot of uh, people are specifically known for being aggro players. It's because that's what they're best at, and like, yeah. they know how to they know how to predict scenarios right. And you know, you have to know. Am I going to use this groundswell for four points of damage to their face right now, or am I going to save it to make sure that you have to read your opponents? Like, does he have the burn in his hand? Does he have the counter spell? Is this going to be my only shot to get these four points of damage in? Yeah. Um, or, you know, can I do something later? Like, uh, so here's a good example. Jay Seri played a game against me. He played it very well, where I had a spire golem on the table and. I knew he had a pump spell in his hand. I can't remember why I knew that. I I just I gauged it, but I knew he had a pump spell in his hand. But uh, I played a spire golem out, and I tapped out for it. He attacked, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna let that go. Now, when he made that attack, he had to understand that I could probably have a daze in my hand. Yeah. And, uh, which I didn't at the time. That's why I didn't block. So that he read that, and he read that to understand that I didn't have the daze in my hand at that point in time because I would have blocked and dazed him. So got further and further and now I have two Spire Golems on the table and he has a Scattershot Archer on the table. Well, he's got a 2-2 attacking Pitskulk coming at me and I'm like, well, I know he has the pump spell, but if I block both my Spire Golems, then uh, <clears throat> then he can only kill one of them, right? Because the Pitskulk wasn't trampling. So what I didn't think of, though, was that he activated his Scattershot Archer, pinged both my Spire Golems for one, then pumped his Pitskulk to kill off both my Spire Golems. Because he separated the three damage, the the, the pit skulk was in a six six after blocks. Yeah, and he could separate the six power over the th- over the spire golems because they'd each already received a point of damage. So he was able yeah. to kill off both my spire golems. It's like that's a line that I've never seen happen before. I never even thought yeah. to play that line before. <laughs> and it just goes to show you, like the caliber of the pilot makes a huge difference. Like how many yeah. times, how many times throughout the Swiss events. Or throughout the Swiss, did he do that something like that to somebody that just completely blew them out that they didn't even think of? Yeah. So, and then, and then you have other instances when you're playing Green Stomp, you were you, you were you trying to read your opponent, and you're not getting much of a read off of him, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna gamble, yeah, <laughs> and, and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you know, and, and sometimes you, it pays off. The problem deck makes it to where you can do gambles like that, and yeah. sometimes it's gonna pay off. <laughs> So, uh, what about the choices that uh, the creature choices in J series deck? 
Um, the, the new cards and stuff. I talked to him a little bit about it. He said he'd cut Slaughterhorn because it was worthless. Um, and, you know, the... Uh, back when I first started playing Stompy, we discussed this at length, and you know what it comes down to is like Stompy is pretty much like 52 cards are set in stone, right? You're not going to change those throughout, from deck to deck. And then like you've got these other choices like the the slot of like Wild Mongrel, Safe Old Elite, Leaf Crown Dryad, Basking Rootwalla. Like, but he has changed more than, uh, uh, or maybe because he replaced the growth spells with Slaughterhorns. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, which he said, you know, Slaughterhorns are going away; they're worthless for him. Uh, yeah. They're good. They're good in theory because the Delver can't counter them, but yeah, uh, yeah, not really. They're not. They're just not really good enough. Is what he said. Uh, so, yeah, if you're you're trying to add a certain amount of utility to be able to beat all decks on game one, which I think is the purpose of the Leaf Crown Dryad, right? It's, it's game one. It gives some of your guys reach. Yeah, and uh. You know, and it makes like your young wolf a four-four threat. <laughs> you know, this, it's like that's hard to deal with. So it, it pumps your guys up so that they can trade with bigger things like with affinity and uh, whatnot. And so leaf crown dry is fine, and it's fine as a two of two because you're not going to see it every game. But if you do see it, and sometimes the situation happens where you can bestow it, and it's really sweet. Um, I think wild mongrel is actually a fixture in this deck now. Like, there's so many things you can do with that card that yeah. Yeah, like I, I remember said, a time when it was cut from all Stompy decks because it was too slow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing about Wild Mongrel is if they do any, like, destroy target non-black, any of those conditional destroy spells, yeah. you're just a discard away from saving it from being killed. Yep. And, you know, I highlighted <laughs> that earlier when I tried to... When I was, I, had, I was sitting there with a coral net in my hand and I needed to kill off this Wild Mongrel, but I couldn't. Because he could just change the color with Wild Mongrel, and the coral yeah. would fall off. I'm like, God, that sucks. Uh-huh. Wild Mongrel is so good. <laughs> is there any other synergy with Rootwalla than Mongrel? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, madness the Rootwalla with Wild Mongrel to. Any other synergy than Wild Mongrel? Oh no. Well, I mean, Wild Mongrel or Basking Rootwalla is just a. It's another turn one play, right? It's going to enable your um, your Pitskulk. Yeah. Nonsense. And most people aren't going to block the root wall because you can just plus him yeah. to get through the damage. So like he's a he's sort of a bloodthirst enabler, and uh, you know the the built-in pump ability means that if you can if you can stick a rancor on him, then affinity can't block him because you're yeah. just going to kill their dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Basking root wall is sweet. I like him. Yeah. Well, that was one of the biggest fixtures back when Dead Dog was a deck. It was Baskin Rotwalla. The fact that you could, you know, yeah. just cheat a creature in and still pump your pump your uh, dead your dudes. Yep. So it's in, in the like 2011 articles on Stompy, they say that oh, this was a thing in the past, but now there are much better creatures. And now it's back. <laughs> it's still the test of time. <laughs> I, I can't understand really why it looks like companion or um, a ledge walker or anything should yeah. be better than Rutwala. classics yeah. never die <laughs> yeah it's also got some small synergy if uh, if your opponent plays like ravenous rats or liliana specter yeah then you can get some small yeah, synergy course. out of that but yeah so that's the copy list 
I, I'm still not behind when it comes to Delver. I'm still not behind Cloud and Finraptor. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't like the card. I got it. <laughs> I've been playing uh, some Delver this uh, last week. Um, yeah, I can't get my head around Cloud and Raptor either. No, I, I see it every time I look at these metagame. The, when I go through metagame and look up these lists, I see Delver lists and I'm seeing Cloud Fin, and it's like, come on, people, just let it die. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> It is. Uh, it's nice to have a flying one drop, but uh, and it gets the three four some of the time. But <laughs> often it looks just. It's a, oh, I play my zero one flyer. <laughs> yeah, your opponent's just shivering in their boots, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, X Men Max says you know if it gets to a two three, it's fine, right? If, if it ever gets to a two three, you're pretty happy. Um, it's, it's the sweetest feeling to ninja spell status sprite to get your cloud from Raptor to 2-3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, living the dream. I did it. And, but I think the most important part of it is just a turn 2 ninja, ninja enabler. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But Still. should they rather just do a phantasmal bear for that? Yeah. That, 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 yes. equi- but you can't equip phantasmal bear with bones, but or else you kill it. So. Yeah, oh, that's else you make. Or the 1-1 one, one fairy. Whatever his name is. Yeah, Zephyr Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess I just I just can't like like if I if I had if I my choice was to play this card or the bear I'd go for the bear I just yeah I don't like it I, I just I think it's cute yeah I think it's just cute but yeah enough of the metagame. On to our topic of the evening. Uh, this is actually email from a guy named Don Juan. With that name, should be out chasing girls instead of... He should, yeah, yeah. He should be chasing girls instead of playing magic, but... That's neither here nor there. Maybe, Maybe he is. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm just going to read the email here quick. Uh, he's, it's two emails. I put them together. It says, I was putting a deck together using these cards as a base. Glade Cover Scout, Slippery Boggle, Sahana Ledgewalker... Hands of Biting, Hidden Strings, Rancor, Aqueous Form. I really think the common cipher cards are looked over too much. So finally, I got some time to put the deck list together and play with it a little bit. I'd really like you to check it out and give me some pointers on what you think about it. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and it's really made me want to get into Popper, so thanks a lot. Uh, and here is the deck list. Um, I'll just go over it here. It runs 15 enchantments, 3 aqueous form. Uh, is it aqueous form or aqueous? Aqueous. Aqueous, okay. Uh, 4 betrayals, 4 curse of chains, 4 rancor. That's 15 enchantments. Uh, 15 creatures, 4 aranarlids. Three Glade Cover Scouts, four Silhana Ledge Walkers, four Slippery Boggles, Lands, and there's 22, 10 Forests, three Hallmar Depths, six Islands, and three Soaring Sea Cliffs, uh, and eight, sor- eight Sorceries, four Hands of Binding, four Hidden Strings. And the sideboard, he only has four, so I'm guessing he's not sure on the sideboard yet. Uh, what do you guys think? I'll let somebody else chime in first. I think the creature base looks good. Like I don't, I don't see anything wrong with the creature base. I think the creature base is fine. How close is this to a normal hexproof deck? Or are, are they twenty 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 in creatures? Um, looking at the generic MTG oh. Wolfish uh, hexproof list, 
you have 16 creatures and 17, 18 spell or 18 lands, and the rest are spells. Okay. So this is very close to the normal hexproof yeah, list. It's pretty close, yeah. Yeah. So what you're doing here is giving up, uh, like ethereal armor and the white enchantments for the uh, cipher and blue. Yeah. yeah so you're, you're giving up a lot to go blow here. Yeah. I. All right. So his uh, his whole idea here is. Uh, he's trying to basically abuse betrayal. I think that's sort of the it's sort of the point of uh, betrayal. Yeah. Yes. And, and betrayal is a uh, it's an enchant it's an enchantment aura, and you can play it on a creature your opponent controls. And when the enchanted creature becomes tapped, you draw a card. So he's trying to synergize this, basically saying combining with hidden strings and curse of chains to basically force their creature to become untapped and then tapped and then so that he draws lots of cards. Yeah. And I guess with the Quayus form, he can scry every time it attacks. Yep, he gets to scry. And control the draw. Control. He controls the draw, and he also gets to, like, just let his Rancord up uh, one drops and stuff get through. Yeah. yeah but without the Quayus form... And uh, he will have a hard time to get the cipher thing going, right? Yeah, or like, an can get through, but that's the one thing I'm seeing is cool. the reason why Glade Cover Scout, Slot, and Ledge Walker, and Sleepy Bog are all nice is because they're usually met with an immediate either uh, what is it, Ethereal Armor or Ancestral Mask or just something that makes him a big threat right after. Yeah. That. Yep. The thing is, his only big buff spell is Rancor. So unless yeah. one of those guys are paired, so Solano Ledgewalker can still get in some of the time because he's kind of evasive. But like the Glade Cover Scout and the Slippery Boggle, I'm getting the feeling aren't going to be in a whole lot unless he's got a Rancor out. And then R and R again, while being evasive for the most part, he doesn't have a way to protect himself from getting destroyed. So yeah. any removal that his opponent might have will be hitting that guy. Oh yeah, R and R is first. Like if I, if I'm looking at a board full of those creatures, R and R is the first one gone. <laughs> Um, well, he does have some, some answers to get, trying to get his creatures through, right? He's got the Curse of Chains. He's got Hands of Binding, which is going to lock down the two creatures the first turn, basically. Uh, and then, you know, Hidden Strings tap their guy and start the, start the engine going. So it does that. My, my, I think my biggest problem with the deck, actually, is that it seems like it's actually just relying on Betrayal too much. It's like a too-many-card combo. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, there's that. You there. have to have Betrayal. You have to have Aquaeus for him. You have to have the hands of binding hidden strings. I think it's trying to do too much. Yep. I think it's a, this. It's an interesting thought. I would like to it play is. this deck to see uh, if if you can get it off at all. It looks yeah, like against mono black must be hor horrible. He did um, say that in the very yeah. bottom. If you look at the stuff he was talking about, where he he added made sure that the four excludes were part of the sideboard. Just yeah. to help you make sure you dealt with uh, Grey Merchants. Merchants. And when you're playing it back, you need to make sure one creature while simultaneously just having another sack fodder out there at all times. Yeah. What I would like to see this deck move more towards, though, is just move towards the tempo deck, right? I like, I like the Curse of Chains, and I like the Hands of Binding, actually. Those are both pretty nice. Yeah. But there are some uh, nice Simic enchantments you can get, and I don't remember what set they're from. I'm, looking, I'm going to pop up Moto right now to look that up. <laughs> uh, the things like Steel of the Godhead, right? Where if you if this creature is green, it gets blah. If this creature is blue, it gets blah. Yeah. And that happens on the same enchantment. You get the two bonuses from one enchantment. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that Simic enchantment that that would, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. So that's the kind of thing that I would like to see in this type of a list. You know, I think you can still go with the. I mean, Aquaeus form is even pretty good, right? If you if you slap an Aquaeus form on a on a Silhana Ledgewalker, or well, I mean, if you slap it on anything, you're gonna be able to smooth out your draws, and you can even combine that with things like Aphidian's Eye, which yeah. is another enchantment. Another enchantment you can abuse is Aphidian's Eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that card's fun. Uh, you know, and just start doing all kinds of nasty things. Yeah, because, like, I'm looking at this list, and I'm really thinking that a naturalized betrayal just really ruins his day. <laughs> uh, not to mention electricery. Uh, yeah. The, the reason that Hexproof uh, is good is that they build Voltrons, so, and that they gain life, so they can raise people. This deck uh, will have a very hard time with Burn as well. Yeah. Without the life gain. And without any creature, with, with no betrayal target. I mean, ah, what do you do? Yeah. Well, he does have an, he has an undefined sideboard at that point, so you know if he was going into, like, burn, I'm assuming he'd probably bring in at least Hydrobrass stuff and stuff, yeah, and sideboard out the uh, betrayals because they wouldn't be getting a whole lot of anything. Yeah. Yes. Say with Curse of Chains and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting list, but I, I still think it's trying to do too much, currently. And I understand what Soaring Sea Cliff does. He's trying to go over the top with probably R and R lit and anything he can. Well, it it helps get the engine started. The thing, like, yeah. Thing with this deck, I can see where if you get the engine started, this deck could take control and they could lock someone out. The trick is you need to get that one guy with your cipher card in the first time so you can start it up. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you can see that's why he's playing like the sea cliffs and the uh, aqueous form and stuff like that. So you can get the engine started so you can start. Ciphering, locking stuff out, and then eventually using Betrayal as a giant card draw engine. Yeah. But, so, I think one of the things that, that if he's looking for help, it's like, how can we get that engine on sooner or faster? Yeah. If you want to go with this, li- yeah. If, if that's, that's what you're trying to do, yeah. Going, if he wants the gameplay to stick to this, it's like, it's finding a way to enable that engine quicker. Yeah. Whether it be a, uh, I don't even, I, I, I don't even, like, pure Dane or Ponder. I don't know. I you still think that. you're taking away. Yeah, some, but what do you pull out? Some kind of yeah, some, be fine. Yeah. Uh, I think actually you just you pull out the cute engine. That's that's my yeah. opinion on this. You pull out the cute engine, make this a, make this a more to a tempo deck. Yeah. A tempo, my guy is unblockable. You must deal with me now type deck. Mm-hmm. So I think if you do that, man, what is that Simic enchantment called? That's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, I'll work the, I think it's favor of the overbeing. Favor of the overbeing. Thank you, dear God. I think you need to fix the mana base here as well, and that you can't afford uh, Halmer Depths. Yeah. If you want to play two colors, you're going to need Evolving Wilds or Terramorphic Expands. Yep. Uh, and you can't afford to play, come into play Tap Lands that has such a marginal effect like Halmer Depths. Yeah, Favor of the Overbeing is really good. <laughs> but how many yeah. things that actually hit? It makes it, gives you guy Vigilance, but the only creature you can actually get both effects is Slippery Boggle. Yeah. That's the one problem with it. Yeah, like even. Yeah. So what it does on any of your other creatures is it turns them into a green local power that doesn't come back. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to agree with Chris here. I think it's trying to be a little too cute with a too many card combo. Yeah. But I think the the combo is uh, it's not dependent. He doesn't need to have three cards to get the combo off. Betrayal mm-hmm. will work by yeah. itself. 
It's the uh, cipher cards then that maybe it doesn't work on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just out of curiosity, who here has actually played with the uh, cipher cards in a constructed format? Because I remember we used them back in the um, uh, nobody has blue and white cipher is a constructed playable mechanic. Playing around with the list that abused the shit out of them with uh, bears because cipher doesn't actually get rid of a bear. No, because it doesn't target it. Yeah. Print it on something. Then, did you ever use the uh, hands of binding or hidden strings when we were doing the standard popper? Blue yes, control uh, we were playing hands of binding, and it was a constant disappointment. <laughs> That's I'm. Just, I was trying to remember if I that I wasn't remembering that wrong. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, it, was it didn't horrible. do it. Didn't do what it was supposed to do. It was funny when you could get it to work, but yeah. again, getting it started was always the biggest problem with those cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's also very much a win more card. Yeah, it's because like you always have like a serif, and you just go and win. You're win. either trying, you're either trying to play hands of buying. You're playing hands of buying to save your save your butt, or yeah, you're otherwise you're holding on to it. If you really want to get the cipher, you're waiting for a creature to stick. <laughs> a safe creature that you can stick in. A safe creature that you can stick it on. <laughs> so at that point, you're saving it for like a glade cover stealth or glade cover scout or boggle yeah. as aqueous form. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't this deck really want uh, ancestral mask and uh, yeah, it does. land enchantments? Yeah. Land enchantments also go away to fix your mana and draw some more. You know, cycle you know, cycle through your cards yeah. a little bit faster as yeah. well. You can play the uh, was it the abundant growth? Yep. Yes. Yeah, you can play abundant growth. That's a one drop even too, and you can draw a card off of it. If you're really ambitious, you throw a one Nylea's presence in there. Yeah, I think this I think is it, this is very innovative thinking, and I think this this and the domain deck is shows us that uh, brewing is never gone in poker. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so <laughs> awesome about it. Darn it! No, I have two decks for homework. Oh, yeah, I want to play this too. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking right. though, Chris probably has the better idea though. Tempo Take it out. The, tempo it out, but like the green blue aura tempo deck, it could work. Yeah. So. Since you're playing blue, you might as well throw in counterspells. Something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> when in doubt, add a counterspell. Because, yeah, like, in a blue deck like this, I'm kind of surprised that, like, uh, what is it? Special Flight isn't in there, because that gets them a little bit bigger. Gets them out of, there you go. Yeah. Special Flight's a good one to toss in there, yeah. too. Gets them out of, like, trickery range, gives them evasion. That you can probably take out a Soaring Sea Cliff and take out Soaring Sea Cliffs and add more land that you can tap right away. And you still get your flying, and you get to like keep it. Yeah, the I other just, thing I'm you know I just six want to slap land just keeps you behind too. Sorry. Ah, uh, okay. So I just want to slap. I just want to slap a an aqueous form on a affinian an eyed creature. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. You know, you get to scry, and then you get to like you get to choose the card, and then you get to draw it. <laughs> you're like, yes. Because you know, preordain by itself ain't cool enough. Let's preordain on my critter. Yeah. I think uh, David Shaffer was saying he he encountered. Uh, a Delver player, and he was playing as a Zori Skitty deck, and he had control of the game, right? His opponent had a ninja on it, but he had like Dream Stalkers down or something can block the ninja. And then his opponent slapped an Aquarius form on the ninja, and he was like, "I don't know what, no, <laughs> bad, bad day, bad day, bad day, bad day, bad day." Yeah, I might have to revive my uh, four scroll thief, four ninja, four uh, Stealer of Secrets, four Fidian deck <laughs> with Aquarius form. <laughs> 
Yeah. I go to town. <laughs> I'm gonna draw so many cards. <laughs> Revive my ninja tempo deck with the Quayus form. That sounds like fun too. Your ninja. Tempo oh, like deck? the misplayed Shinobi. Uh, I made a ninja te- a, a, a ninja tempo deck. I went with the tempo idea of like mono blue, but it was nothing but ninjas. Uh, Mikey tested it on his. Uh, Mikey tested it on his. Uh, his his stream and he said that he was drawing too many cards. The pro- problem with the deck was you were drawing way too many cards. Like, oh yeah, when he half decked himself most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would half deck himself. <laughs> anytime, anytime you got the freaking misplayed Noe on, you're just like, you have no board state. So every ninja always got through. He's like, I've, what do I do? Do I discard the counter spell? Do I discounter or do I or discard the uh, medley? Do I discard the days? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, the only thing Mikey says like too many card, too much card draw. <laughs> I can't play the stuff out fast there's, enough. There's no such thing as too much card draw. That sounds <laughs> like fun. All right, so but there yeah. you go. There's your advice, Don Juan. That brings us to MTGO Finance. Yes, we are in the middle of flashback drafts. Still uh, makes me wonder how long they will be going on. Uh, so I wouldn't get into uh, any poker cards on speculative basis that have not been flashback drafted yet, like Master's Edition or Mirage. Uh, right now we are doing Mirrodin, uh, so uh, Thoughtcast and Artifact Lands, Shittering Rats, Serum Visions, all good pickups. Come the weekend, uh, this week, they end on Wednesday. And then we are doing Invasion. And Mirrodin drafts didn't fire... Uh, as much as Sendikar did the week before. But I think Invasion Drafts will fire a lot because this is a legendary draft format that people... And it was the first draft format on Magic Online. So a lot of people have drafted this format and love it. It's multicolor party. It's what everybody wanted Dragon's Maze to be. It's multicolor stupid. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) what you do is you draft Grixis and uh, you have all this uh, overpowered removal and everything is super good. Uh, So the pauper cards in Invasion Block will drop horribly uh, next week. Such as Exclude, Prohibit, um, Armadillo Cloak. That's the time to pick them up then. (laughs) So generally on the pauper market we have uh, two big forces working against each other. The poppy cards are recovering as the premier events keep firing. Um, but the flashback drafts are bringing down the prices. So on the average, we are pretty much even. You have to check what set cards are from. Have they been flashback drafted? Then they're probably good pickup if they haven't been flashback drafted yet. And they are not in a really weird format. I don't expect them to bring back Odyssey drafts. Uh, so the Judgment cards are safe, for example. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for finance this week. Uh, check out my finance show on YouTube. Uh, I do it every every night before we do this. So I do the finance thing, go to sleep, and wake up at 4.30 in the morning to do this. It's called <laughs> Weekly Finance Tips on Magic Gathering Strat on YouTube. Cool. Okay. Cool. And next we've got the Rage of the Week. Chris? I didn't go post, for did it. Did I post this one? I don't know. I, I usually do Rage of the Week. Okay. 
Um, looks like <laughs> this a, one's just quick and beautiful. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty quick and beautiful. <laughs> looks like it's a modern match. I think from getting this right, it's got it's got three ether valves on board. <laughs> um, wow, uh, two isochrons. Two isochrons scepters. Uh, yeah, it's kind of modern. Food. I don't know what these cards do. Why so are there gilgates? I have no idea. But I'm guessing this is modern. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Shifting Shadows activated an Isochron Scepter, and his opponent, Smurfus, says, I hope you lose an eye to an infection. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it well, that, like that's the reaction you would get from Isochron Scepter. Yeah. That's funny. I found another one on Salty Losers. All right. It's uh yeah. Ever since you brought, ever since you mentioned this, I look at it on Twitter all the time. No, because <laughs> they're pretty good source for finding them. I don't have three Twitter tabs open. <laughs> what are three Twitter tabs? Because you like three Twitter tabs. I don't know. This one is a uh, guy's name is Kim Sex. It's uh looks like we've got a popper match. Yeah, we got a popper match here. He's playing blue white blink. He's playing blue white blink. Um Kim Sex says, LOL You got some unbelievably lucky that that my client crashed in the middle of sideboard. Kim Sex. Nice. Bro. Nice mid range deck, bro. Yeah, nice mid range deck, bro. The broister at this point is the Blue Eye Control that has been blinking and taking obvious control of what's going yeah, on. His... And then proceeded to spread and seize all four of his opponents. Yeah, all his four, all his four star islands. <laughs> four mono green stompy, because that's what he's playing if you look at the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, so... uh, yeah, this is from David, too. David says, uh, eight minutes later, I'm still waiting on his next play. <laughs> oh, God. One of those guys... You know, it's funny, so, I'm pretty sure that Kim's ex listens to this show and he knows that we do this. Yeah. Because he's contacted me on Moto before. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I've played, like, practice matches with him and given him, like, given him deck brewing and building advice and stuff. And, uh, yeah, he just got highlighted on a bob to the people. <laughs> Good job, Kim's ex. <laughs> <laughs> then Grappling Frang, he's got some here, too. But this is a big, long one. So yeah, apparently Grappling Farang just ticks everybody off. From what I'm seeing here. Because I noticed he po- he posts a lot with people coming back at him. So I'm going to personally, on a shout-out section here, thank uh, Grappling Farang for ticking everybody off. You give us material, so keep up the good work. Also, great player. <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for all the great players, I think he's a really friendly... Um... Yeah. Nice one. So I wonder what he does to. I've played against him. Outplays and destroys people. That's I've, what he does. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've yeah. played against him once or twice in the tournament practice room, and he's pretty, pretty easy going. He doesn't really do much to be mean. So <laughs> he plays moto. But, yeah. He plays moto. Yeah. <laughs> so that was his mistake. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, you guys got anything else? Shoutouts? Anything? Yep. Mm-mm. No? No? 
Uh, I want to shout out the the Rogecast, uh, the uh, the other podcast. I uh, I'm not on, but I'm a frequent guest, so I will be a guest appearing for the second time in the third episode, and they just did the second episode, uh, and it will be up on MTG Strat soon. Okay, uh, featuring uh, Rogue Deck Builder from YouTube and MTG Line YouTube as hosts. Cool, cool. I'm going to give a shout-out to Maddie because he needs to contact us to see what's going on because it is February. So, Maddie, you need to get a hold of us so we can get stuff Get over here. Yeah, we need to figure out what's going on this month because we're at, we're having uh, a few get a few guests. Uh, once, uh, speaking of guests, when are you going to have your the, st- the standard popper gauntlet thing going? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks? Okay, so last week <laughs> of the month. Yes. Okay, so last week of the month we're doing that, and then Maddie needs to get a hold of us with his lineup because he's doing all the show notes that week. So, and he's yeah, actually- and I will be gone for that episode and uh, the one following because I will be going to Thailand with my wife. That sounds like fun, though. Hmm. Yeah. So. I want to do all kinds of like going out into jungle and stuff, but uh, she wants to hang out at uh, the five star hotel. And, uh, <laughs> and we have a jacuzzi on our balcony. Nice. <laughs> overlooking the ocean. <laughs> so That's cool. We'll probably never get out of the hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't consider that a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Oh, that works. <laughs> Can you blame Dan though for just going, give me a cookery, let me hop out there, I want to chop plants, look at stuff, see monkeys, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he gets the, the, you know, all it takes is one argument during the trip, and be like, oh, that's it, I'm going to the jungle. <laughs> so I'll be gone for the episode in three weeks and the one in four weeks. Yeah, because that episode, Maddie is actually going to be guest main hosting. I'm giving, handing over the reins to him for that show. He Which is one? main hosting it and everything. The one when he brings his guest on. He's he's gonna take lead that show, and I'm just gonna. Do like I did when Chris was main hosting. It's going to be Let's sweet. Let's try to uh, make him do that uh, before I go away so I can be on that because I w- really want to be on that. Okay. I think that will be a sweet show. It will. And, uh, yeah, so, Maddie, uh, you need to get a hold of us, like, ASAP, like, immediately. Pronto. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, uh, where can they reach you, Chris? I'm on Twitter at Weaver 8518 and I'm on Moto at Seaweaver. I write for Pure MT Joe every week on Monday I go up, usually. Cool. Where can they get a hold of you, Dan? I am on the Popper to the People forums as Sisala. I am on YouTube on Magic Gathering Strat and I'm on mtgostrat.com. Or then get get a hold of you, Peter. You can get a hold of me on the forums and as Midnight Zero Three on Moto. Yeah, and get a hold of me on NUCon on um, MTGO and at Nathan Yunkin on Twitter. I do try to try to tweet a little bit more and uh, the forums and everywhere else that you can find me. So, oh yeah, in a few weeks, Minnesota listeners. Uh, not, not this. Yeah, next week. Yeah, next week, uh, Minnesota listeners. Uh, if anyone's going to Con of the North, me and Peter will be there. Mm-hmm. Playing the games, and we'll have we'll uh, have we'll post pictures and stuff like that of the different games we played and all that. So, or I will. That's per usual. I will. So, but yeah, no magic there this year because they uh, they made a bad decision. But I wouldn't say it's a bad decision. Yeah, it is. 
because yeah, we're not going to go into that. But uh, until next week, I'm Nate. I'm Peter. I'm Chris. I'm Dom. This is Popper to the People. Popper to the People. <laughs> it's awesome. Lovely. 